Hello, I'm Kate Freeman, and this is The Daily Dollop. The Daily Dollop podcast is proudly brought to you by The Capital Chemist, Australia's premium community pharmacy where loyalty matters. On this episode of The Daily Dollop, I'm chatting about healthy snacking. We're going to go deep into what to eat and how to develop a healthy daily snacking habit. Welcome back to The Daily Dollop podcast, everyone. We are at the end of our deep dive series this week into healthy snacking and building a habit around snacking. I hope you've enjoyed the series so far and have found some practical take-home tips that you can start to implement straight away into your diet. I've certainly enjoyed talking about it. We're going to finish off the series just looking more practically into you know, how to pick an area of your diet to focus on and make some changes to. And just, I just want to talk through this whole idea of of changing one habit at a time and just how you can get the most out of what you've learned over this week. For those of you tuning in to the podcast for the first time, we're chatting snacks today, which is based on our four-week snacking module called Satisfying Snacks over at the Healthy Eating Hub's online program. And so you can do this program for $39. It's just $39 a month to subscribe. And essentially, you just work your way through the module one week at a time. There's a little bit of information, videos and things to read and watch. And then you've got a habit for the week. And the idea is, is to just you just slowly and surely change your snacking habits over time without overhauling your life. And the the whole concept behind this is that we're changing behaviors well into the long term rather than just doing a temporary change or fix like you would get from doing a crazy fad diet. And so I just want to reiterate the fact that what you end up choosing to eat for your snacks is going to be highly individualized and depend on your goals, your food preferences, your routine, your work life, your budget even. And so make sure you take away the key nutrition principles here and work on applying them to you as opposed to just feeling like, you know, you're stuck with really rigid advice that you can't apply because Good nutrition information always needs a context and that context is you. So let's get stuck into sort of the whole idea of habit building. We talked about habit building as being this process that we go through. So what I want to do is keep working with where we left off yesterday where we talked about changing habits and behaviours and the idea around creating a habit and just talk through the process of change from a nutrition perspective. And this process is what I take my clients and members through when I'm working with them. So step number one is you want to gather some information. So the reason you'd want to change something about your life is because you're unhappy with it and you want it to be different. And depending on your knowledge of that area, you're going to need to gather some information on what it potentially needs to be. And you can do this in every area of your life. I currently have a dog who's sitting next to me on the couch very affectionately. He's very snuggly. But every time a person walks past the house, 
he barks at them like he's growling at them to go away. And so I've been on the process of changing this habit for him, but I've been needing to gather some information, one, on how I do that, but two, on what's the evidence-based best practice for stopping a dog from doing that. And the same thing goes with nutrition is when it comes to different areas of your diet is thinking about, all right, do I need to be educated more on this topic? Do I need to understand carbohydrates a little bit more? Have I got sucked into some scaremongering advice and lots of rules and I'm, I'm trying to eliminate things? What is the best way to go about this? How am I going to cook and prep this food? The, the type of information is wide and varied, but the idea is, is you gather some information to fill the blanks in your knowledge and so that you have good understanding of the concepts in the context of you and your life. You know, the best example of that is marketing. For me, I'm a nutritionist that owns a business. And one of the things I've had to do over the years is learn about marketing. And I've wanted people to just tell me what to do. Just should I do Facebook ads? Should I do, you know, a billboard, right? But what all of the good professionals have done is that they've encouraged me to seek information about marketing and then learn how to apply it to my individual situation. And this is what I love to do with nutrition as well. And so how we've worked that into our my two businesses is the gather information part happens when you're with the dietitian at the health eating clinic. So you do nutrition education in the session with the dietitian. That's about gathering information so that you can make an educated decision about the right food choices for you. Now that's done in a myriad of ways, often using a whiteboard and our dietitian doing a fabulous explanation of what's going on in your body and how food interacts with that. But we've also done it in our online program in that each habit you go through, depending on what you're working on, whether it's snacks or carbs or proteins or building a balanced meal, is that there's a little video to watch and information that gives you the whole breadth of that topic so that you can understand it. The next step is that you need to get awareness. So you can't change what you're not aware of. And this is about really articulating the difference between your intentions and your actual reality. If you've been trying to lose weight or eat healthier, your intentions will be to do that and to eat a certain way. But this is not always what's going on in reality. And our brain is very good at compartmentalizing different habits and behaviors. And so we can think we're a healthy eater or think, oh yeah, I eat lots of vegetables. Oh yeah, I don't eat cake that often or whatever. But the reality might be a little bit different. And I've seen this time and time again in my clients. And it's not to be all like, you have no idea what's going on in your own life. Because in fact, you're the best judge of your own life. However, we also are incredibly biased as human beings. And we we find it really difficult to objectively analyze a, a, a process or a situation. So essentially what we want to do to get awareness is sometimes we get people to write down what they're eating and drinking. Sometimes we just get them to tick whether they complete a habit or not. There's lots of different ways, but certainly journaling or diarying thoughts, feelings, behaviors, food choices is the best way to get awareness. You do need to do this journaling with kindness and no judgment so that you're not actually feeling bad for your reality. Um, Judgment and feeling guilty about it and and feeling shame about what you're eating is the first 
step to then stopping your tracking of your reality because you just can't bear how bad it is. And But then you don't get the super helpful data that shows you what reality is really like. So you have to do it with kindness and curiosity. Now, once you start to get awareness and you're really understanding what your reality is, the third step is identify your barriers to change. And so this is really understanding what are the things that pop up regularly for you within the week that make healthy eating difficult for you. It might be a lack of time. Maybe it's a lack of skill in the kitchen. Maybe you lack inspiration with coming up with tasty meal ideas. Maybe you're feeling um, nervous about your cooking skills or you don't like cooking particular foods or you don't feel confident cooking them. Maybe you find it difficult to get to the shops. There's lots of different things that pop up for us that make a huge difference to how we choose food. And understanding those barriers is then the first step to being able to troubleshoot them and come up with solutions to them. This is really key. And this is about acknowledging the fact that change is all about understanding yourself and then working through the challenges that arise so that you can do behaviours differently. Now, once you've got good awareness, you've identified your barriers to change, now it's time to make a plan on how you're going to overcome the barriers that you've identified. Everybody can make a good choice on a day that that goes well, right? Mondays. Mondays, usually people eat well on a Monday, things go well. But what about on a Thursday when you've got driving your kids around to football and you're tired and exhausted? Or what about when, you know, people in your family need your help and or you have caring responsibilities and things don't go to plan, you want to start to think about if these things are popping up within your week, what can you do to help yourself stay consistent throughout the week? And this is where you start to have to break down behavior change into smaller achievable steps because you will probably find that there are multiple barriers to overcome. Now, once you've made a plan and this needs to be a clear, articulate practical, realistic plan, not a crazy (laughs) high up, head in the sky, you know, plan. needs to be really realistic. It's then time to take action. Now, I often find that if people have gone through the first four steps, so gather information, get awareness, identify barriers to change, make a plan, and then they fail to take action. And so they're like, oh, I didn't, I didn't plan my meals this week. Oh, no, I didn't plan them next week either. I didn't plan them again. I'm often like, okay, sometimes when we're not taking action is often because our plan is too difficult, our plan is too unfamiliar or our expectations for that plan are too high. And so subconsciously we're procrastinating against taking action because we're not really feeling up to the challenge. And so be mindful of the fact that if you're struggling to take action, that maybe your plan is too tricky and you need to simplify things a little bit more, make it easy for you to succeed. Now, Once you're actually taking action and you're changing and doing things different, acknowledge that it's going to feel unnatural and weird. It's not going to feel easy. And then acknowledge the fact that sometimes your plan is not going to work. It's impossible to completely predict everything. So that's why trial and error is so important. And I actually think there's a huge problem in our culture with failure, right? I procrastinate on so many tasks because I'm afraid of doing it wrong or getting it wrong or failing, right? And if we all embraced failure a little bit more, we would then embrace the subsequent result of that failure, which is learning from it. And so 
a lot can be said with our diets as well, you know. If we have a day that doesn't go well, it's then thinking, hmm, what happened in that day? Was I too hungry? Did I pack snacks that should have gone in the fridge when I don't have a fridge available, right? Whatever it is, be cool with sometimes things not working out the way that you wanted to. I have, can't tell you how many meals I've cooked over the years that have abysmally failed in the kitchen or that my my husband and family have sort of started eating and then looked at me and been like, this is terrible, right? Just fully embrace the messiness of trial and error because as you work through that, you start to find what works for you. And now after 17 years of marriage, that's right, 17 years in a week or so, I've been married, you start to realise what works in terms of prepping lunchboxes and making dinners and, right, getting things working within the home. It's a long time of trial and error, but, hey, I got, like, I got time to figure it out and certainly over the years I've learned a lot about making this easy for myself. And that's it. That's the process, just going through that whole idea of gathering information, getting awareness, identifying barriers to change, making a plan, taking action, and then trialing and erroring. So this week, I want you to pick something to focus on. Maybe it's building a satisfying lunch, planning snacks into your week, start pairing your fruit with a fat or a protein. Maybe it's just focusing on one time of the day to trial and error. So morning tea or after dinner, etc. Maybe for you, it's focusing on something more to do with mindset. Can you remove the rules from your food choices? Can you practice listening to your hunger cues? Can you practice other stress reduction techniques when you're feeling emotional? I want you to approach your snacking in a really problem-solving way rather than thinking, I just need to be a perfect eater and stick to all these rules and get it right and have more willpower. So that's it for this episode and for this five-part series on healthy snacking and developing a healthy snacking habit. I hope you have enjoyed it and learned lots. Please let me know what you thought over on social media and um, feel free to join me in the Daily Dollop in crowd. The links to being part of the in crowd is in the show notes. Otherwise, have a great day team and we'll catch you next time. A big thank you to The Capital Chemist and The Daily Dollop In Crowd for their continued support of our show. We couldn't do this without them. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you love what you're hearing, please leave us a review.